Well, what a fun summer. I, I don't know if you're enjoying, but I've really enjoyed listening to all the messages and this, this series we've called um, the, the Games That People Play. And what we've done, if you're new around here, we've taken different games and we've sort of made application each weekend that kind of fits that game that we are talking about. And so today I have the game Pictionary. And that's a fun game. I really do like playing uh, uh, Pictionary. How many of you have played? Just probably all of you. Anyone not ever played? Just to give me a feel. A couple? A couple of you. Okay. Well, you're going to get your chance today. So we'll, we'll have some fun with this. But the, the heart of today, uh, as fun as we're going to have, or there's still a very serious side to this that I'm really prayerful, can sink deep into your spirit, man. Because... It seems like the quest for doing God's will can be overwhelming. Am I in God's will? Is this the will of God? I hope so. We, we, many of my appointments as a pastor through the years are, are people who are stressed over wanting to get it right. And it's such an earnest desire to say, I want the will of God in my life. But there's this constant tension about what is God saying? You know, if, if he would tell me clearly, I could do it. But I don't always hear his voice, and I'm not sure if this is right. Should we move here? Should we take that job in Minnesota? Should we? No, you should not. That's not the will of God. Um, but no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. There's this, there's this idea in our lives that it can, be, it can be really spooky because, you know, on one side, there's, this, there's three genres of the will of God. Let me just give them to you real quick, and they're not in your notes or anything, but just, just the concept here. The first is God's not really interested in our lives. He's God. He's busy. We're created. The word of God was given to us. Obey the commandments. Do what it says in his word, and uh, someday you'll meet him. But he's not involved in the day-to-day. -day, okay? I don't, I don't really buy that view. The second view is partly this. God is big. He's the creator. He's awesome, he's bigger than we know, he's holy, all of that, but he's very involved. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He wants relationship, authentic, genuine relationship with mankind, or he wouldn't have done that. And, and it, it redeemed us back to God. So there's this spirit now that that's lives in us, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God that allows us to actually have connection with this deity, God. Then there's this other view that says, you know, you've got to pray about everything. Everything is spiritual. It's, it's good or evil. You know, someone hits their shoulder on the door jam going through, and they're like, oh, Satan's trying to take me out today. No, you're just clumsy. You know, that's really all there is to it. Satan has nothing to do with it. I heard someone say the other day, man, the devil is trying to get me. I got an I-25 first thing, hit a traffic jam. I'm like, well, that's every day. That has nothing to do with God. That's nothing to do with the enemy. That's just living here, right? So, so get used to it. So I, I tend to be somewhere kind of in this side of that spectrum. I'm not too spooky about everything being caused by the devil or God, but I do believe we can walk in the Spirit. But I do also believe that you can discern the will of God and that he will reveal it to you and you can walk in the will of God. So today... We're going to kind of dive in. If you have a, a program, turn it over, and if you want to take notes, just write this down. Number one, the game itself. The game itself of Pictionary. Most of you, I won't take much time here. Two teams, multiple people on each team. You pick a card, and you pick someone who's going to draw what the card says. 
It's the same thing. So you have two people drawing the same thing, two different teams trying to guess what it is that you're drawing. First team to say it in full gets some points. And that's how it goes. And you can get different people to draw and all of that. It's, it's kind of a fun game. Now, let, just to illustrate this, um, if let's just say you draw a card and it says mouse. How many, how many of you are pretty good artists? I mean, really, it's not being prideful to say you can draw pretty good. Okay, quite a few of you. How many of you are terrible? Terrible. Okay, that's me. So Bonnie's much better at this than I am. But let's say you're a really good artist and you play the game of Pictionary and you get the card mouse. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go. It's a pregnant mouse. It's a pregnant mouse. That's a little too much nose. You lost. You know, because because if you draw that slow, if you're gonna if you're gonna draw a mouse, you just you just need to go, you know, and they're gonna say mouse. Because they're gonna start guessing, rat, mouse, whatever. That's the game. You have to make it quick. Sometimes this is how it is with God. We don't see the picture. We glance up once in a while and say, God, is this, is this you? Well, all I see is this, but it's not a very clear picture. And so I, I need you to make it more clear. And God's like, well, you haven't given me much time here. You're asking, you need an answer when? <laughs> but that's sometimes what happens in the game of Pictionary. You have two teams. Let's say you have 10 people on each team trying to guess, and you're drawing. It's chaos. All you hear is noise. And everyone's yelling out at you. May I just propose that that is exactly what's happening in our culture today? There are so many voices screaming out what you should do, what your values should be, what your morals should be, what your convictions should be. Everyone has an opinion of how you should live your life. And most of the time it leaves God completely out of the picture. Everyone thinks they know the answer. Today we're going to try to discover how you can hone in, how you can catch that vibe, how you can say, God... I believe this is you. And I don't want to make it spooky, but I want to keep it real. Number two, the power of vision. The power of vision. We need to begin this discovery by asking a question. Now, I want you to to be very earnest about answering this question that I'm, I'm going to propose. The question is this. Does God truly have a plan for your life? We, we hear yes right away. At what level is that plan? That's what I want you to think about. Is it, is it a daily plan, routine, like I get up and say, hello, God, and lead me to the sock drawer? Is it blue or white today? Is it, it, what, what is it? What is, how detailed is the plan of God? That's a very important question depending on your theology and how you're going to structure your life. Because there, what I want you to hear is there are, there's an umbrella about expectation from being godly, which means I'm going to go to work on time. I'm going to be responsible with my responsibilities. I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to be integral. I'm going to tell the truth. All these things are godly traits. That is the will of God for your life. Is it the will of God for me to do this if it's sin? No. It's not the will of God. You don't have to pray about that. 
And there's this power of this vision that so often we sometimes think, God, what is the plan? And I can't see it. How many of you have ever been with a group of people? I get this a lot with, with our, our staff and our team. And we, we show up somewhere to do a task or something and someone says, all right, what's the plan? Have you said that? I've said it. Or I've been the leader and I've said, here's the plan. You're going to take this and go do that and go do that. We, we have to have a plan. So sometimes, sometimes in the middle of my world, in my life, I'll say, God, okay, what's the plan? you got to reveal it to me. we gotta, we got to have a plan. And I think God wants us to see his plan. God's vision for your life is going to involve three little things real fast before we jump into the rest of the outline. These are not in your notes, but they're simple. And if you want to jot them down, you can. But, but you can just know this about God. His vision for your life Number one is always going to involve your natural strengths. Always. You might not even know you have a natural strength. You look at Moses. He's wandering around the desert and God says, hey, you're going to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. No, I can't even talk. I stutter. That's not me. You got the wrong guy. No. Moses had leadership gifts that he didn't know he had. God used him. So, so God's vision for your life is going to use your natural strengths. That's part of the umbrella that I want you to see. The second one is that God's vision for your life is always going to involve relationships with other people. So your natural strengths, relationships with other people. There are no lone rangers with God. You might have a single-minded mission, but it's going to take other people to bring it to pass. Why is that important? That's important because you are not alone in the vision that God has for your life. I mean, God made Adam and, and went, this is not good for you to be alone. <laughs> let's, get you a, let's get you someone who can help you. So there's power in relationship. And I think we underestimate that when it comes to the will and the plan of God for our lives. So that's an umbrella. And the last one is simply this. God's vision is never going to be in the timing you think it is. Right? How many of you learned that one? Yeah, his timing is just different. You might, you might see this vision from God, you know, when you were 22 years old, this happened, and you're 14, and this happened, and you had this vision, and you're 47, and you're going, this, this is about to happen. Or you're 85. I had someone after the last service say, you won't believe what's happened. 31 years ago, my sister started praying for our family, and she had this vision, this, this something in her heart that all of us were going to come to faith that would be impossible. And it's happened. It was 31 years. She was hopeful it meant next Sunday. Right? But 31 years later. So, so you have to understand these three things are the umbrella by which the will of God works in your life. Okay, number three in your outline, the power of imagination. The power of imagination. Pictionary, the game, involves imagination. And what happens in the game is that you have to be able to see things that aren't very clear. For instance, I've, I've played Pictionary quite a bit uh, with our kids and stuff growing up. And Bonnie and I are, have been teammates many times to the point that we know each other and what they're going to draw. Here's an example. If there's, if there's a geographical state or something, it's, it's a country, she's going to just draw a circle like this and go like that, and I'll know that's the world. You say, how did you know that's the world? Because she draws that every time it's the world. Hers is better than mine, but I've learned that when she sees that from me, it's a globe. 
So then, then I, in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, it's a country or it's a state, like, like in, in America. So then she might just go like this. What do you think that is? Oh, how did you know? The Spirit of God is leading you. No, you knew because there's a context. And, and God works like this. Now hear me, this is more than a game. And by the way, this is not a game to God. He really wants you to see. He wants to reveal his plan to your life. But this is how it works. We have context. We make decisions. We make assumptions. We listen more. We pay attention to what he's putting in front of us, the relationships in our lives. If on the card it says like a certain person, then, you know, it's going to be like this. It's going to be, and I'll say, person. And she'll say, yes. And then let's say she goes like this. What does that mean? Two words. So I'm thinking probably first and last name of somebody. And then, and then she might, let's just try this. She might draw like, okay, oh, music. There's music. But what if it's a really tough name? So she might, she might do this symbol. What's that? Sounds like. You guys have played Pictionary. <laughs> Sounds like. And then what if, she, what if she went like this? What if she went... Tank. Who said it? Sounds like Tank. Frank Sinatra. Woo! We lost. Frank Sinatra. Now, it's not a very good Tank. That was good, though. You guys, you guys. Here, here's the idea. When, when, we, when we journey with God, we're not going to have a clear writing on the wall. His will in your life, I, and I just, I can't specify this enough. It's never just, I mean, I, I shouldn't say never, because there are times in the Bible when God says, go to Nineveh, you know, to Jonah. But that's rare in our lives today, in our culture today. And what typically happens is this process of using our gift set, our relationships, trusting the timing, and moving forward. So I'm standing here and I see all of this. This looks very different. When I move, perspective, oh, hi. I see you now. Oh, hi. I can't see back there. Well, hi. There's nobody back there, I hope. Anyway, it's the idea that God uses what I see here in order to see what is here, in order to see what is here. And suddenly I have more information. And when I have more information, I'm able to discern the will of God. And I'm listening to the voice of God. And as I said, God's not playing a game. He does have a picture for your future. He does. And I think he lets us make choices about that. I don't think it's so detailed and specific that he cares what socks you wear. But I think he cares who you work with. I think he cares about the appointments in your day. I think he cares about your well-being. I want to I just say a quote from Danny Dubois. It says this. God's will is like a jigsaw puzzle. Until you put all the pieces together, you won't be able to see the whole picture. Is that true? You know, our family, we, we love doing puzzles, usually just at Christmas when we're together. We, get, we usually buy a new puzzle, a 
a thousand piece. You know, I like to go for the hundred piece, but it doesn't last that long. But the thousand pieces, I'm not good at it. I'm too impatient. And so they, they put all these pieces out on our table and they'll sit there for hours. And they're finding 10, 12, 14 pieces. I come over, sit down, and yeah, it just takes me. I finally find one piece, and I'm like, woo, it's time for a cookie. You know, I was like, I need to be rewarded uh, for that piece. See, you guys have fun. Just remember, I contributed. Uh, but, but it is amazing how it starts with that border, and you find all those pieces that are edge pieces, and suddenly you start to see it a little bit. And the more pieces, you start to see it. And all of a sudden, you see the whole picture. And that's the will of God. That's how we travel. That's how we journey. Sometimes for years, all you have is that border. And you're, you're seeking him. You're praying about it. You meet different people that give you another piece for the puzzle. You, you have a different job that gives you another piece for the puzzle. And so those, the, I'm going to read a quote now that is very difficult. You may not agree, and I'm not asking you to. I'm not sure I do, but it's from someone I deeply respect. Elizabeth Elliot, Jim Elliot's wife. Jim Elliot was a missionary. He and four of his buddies went to a tribe in Ecuador to bring the gospel to them for the first time, and they killed all five of them. I think it was like 1956. And they were young guys, and it's a great story in that she goes back and actually meets with the tribe and reconciles, and they come to faith. But, but here's her quote. Our vision is so limited, we can hardly imagine a love that does not show itself in protection from suffering. Just think about that. I don't know about you, but what I love, I want to protect. The love of God did not protect his own son from suffering, she's saying. He will not necessarily protect us not from anything it takes to make us like his son. A lot of hammering and chiseling and purifying by fire will have to go into the process. Wow. I don't really like that. You know, that's not the picture I'm drawing for God. Because when I look at my life, you know, God's picture is, I'm going to give you a picture of everything that helps you to become more like my son Jesus including diversity. Most of the time, our picture is we want to win the lottery and get all the stuff we want. Now, that's an overstatement because many of you don't care about that, but you get the point. Sometimes we have been drawing the picture, asking God to bless it. Just think about this. Be open. Lord, I'm taking this job. Please bless it. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going here. Please bless it. I'm, I'm buying this. Please bless it. Here's the food, please bless it. This is what I'm going to do, bless it. Nothing wrong with asking for the blessing of God, but it's a little better if we can say, God, what is it that you are willing to bless? And if we start with that, it changes a lot of things in our lives. Romans 8, we know he loves us and that's not changing. Listen to this in verse 38. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. So the love of God is not the problem. He loves us. It's just that he loves us so much he doesn't always give us what we want. Be careful about you 
saying what your vision for your life is without counseling with God first. Now, that takes us to the next one, and it's huge. Number four, what happens when we offer the pen to God? I've, I've been at times in my life when I have felt like I was drawing my future, asking God to do this stuff. But what happens when you stop that and you say, okay, you take it. What are you drawing for me? Because I don't think I get it. I don't think I'm going to draw the right stuff. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. In other words, we can't get it in the flesh. But it was to us that God revealed these things by what? By his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. In other words, relax. Enjoy that God's going to reveal to When you give God the pen, you're going to know where he's, where he's sending you. You're going to know what he's calling you to do because you're trusting him and you're putting him first in your life and you're not doing your own thing. But there's three things that are going to happen. There's A, B, and C. When you give God the pen, I promise you, these three things are going to happen at different parts in your life, in your journey. Number one, or letter A, is that God is going to draw too slow. <sighs> Amen? <laughs> He's going to draw too slow. Guarantee you. You're not. Have you seen the commercial of Pictionary? Uh, this was way before. Uh, I, and and it's, a, it's a picture of a sloth. And he's, and he's got the pen, and it's this. I'm, now I'm just trying to irritate you. Right? You're just going, come on. And they're trying to guess what it is, and that's it. That's all it is. Sometimes that's all God gives you for a while. Why? Because he wants you to sit back and be still. If an, if an aircraft is on track, going in the right coordinates in the right direction, the tower doesn't call them and say, oh, man, everything, everything okay up there? Why? Because they're right on track. And sometimes when you're doing the work of God, you're showing up at work, you're being responsible, you're, you're, you're being godly, you're, you're having conversations. God doesn't need to show up every night and go, everything okay? You just track on. You just go with what you know. If you don't know more, you just sit by the lake. Sometimes God has invited me to come and sit down at the edge of the lake, and I have this image. And my first words are, can we get a boat? <laughs> Why? Because I want to do something in the kingdom of God. My life's about doing. It's about action. No, we're just going to sit here. Oh, really? Well, can we at least fish? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. This is all you got. So why don't you just rest in that? Why? Because God is interested in who you are, not what you do. He's wanting to develop the be, not the do. Being versus doing. And that's really tough for most all of us. Let's let him lead us. The second thing God's going to draw way too fast. Some of you 
it's way too slow. Then other times it's so fast that you don't think it's him. Like if he just gives you the answer right away, you know, God opens the door, it's a paved road, and you go, this can't be God. It's the enemy tricking me. Right? We second guess everything. No, God sometimes paves the road and you go. I, I go back to Peter in the boat with the storm and Jesus comes walking to him on the water. Remember that story and all the disciples are freaking out and they look up, they think it's a ghost. And, and they realize, that's Jesus. And I think Peter just in this Ooh, kind of moment says, if it's you, then, then let me walk on the water. Kind of like, prove it. Is it really you? And then Jesus goes, okay, come on. And Peter's like, whoa, Really? So he climbs out of the boat, and the Bible says he, he's walking, and he starts, he starts seeing the waves. He's not ready. God said, come so fast that he's not ready. He's not prepared. It's a gift from God to keep you back until you are prepared to do the plan of God that he wants for you. It's important for you to understand the learning lesson. C is that God draws something you have not seen before. If you've ever played Pictionary and someone's trying to draw something and you just can't get it, it is so frustrating. And, and you just you need to do a sounds like or something else. Because and sometimes I feel like even when God has the pen, sometimes I feel like he draws something I can't get. You know why? He's taken us to new territory. He's taken us to new relationship. He's taking us to new exposure. I love that about God. Verse 13 of that same passage says, When we tell you these things... We do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds like foolishness to them, and they can't understand it. So true. For only those who are spiritual can understand that the, what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Wow. Sometimes there are moments when we don't see the full picture of God. Let me wrap this up. There's like four things here that I want to put in your heart for, for this coming week. And I want you to try these four things this week. The first thing is offer God the pen. You say, well, I have. Have you? I really need you to think about that because I had to in my, in my life. And I, I draw a lot of pictures and I ask God to bless it. And I don't think that's evil. And hopefully the pictures I'm drawing that are the pictures God wants me to have, but I don't know that that's always the case. So offer God the pen. I, I always go back to, there's probably three or four moments in, in my, all my years here at Timberline of Leading. When we came in 1986, a church of 100 plus people, wonderful people. Some of you are still here to this day. And um, the church started to grow like crazy. It was just the blessing of God. We've never had a growth goal at Timberline. Honestly, we don't try to grow. We always just pray, God will send us the people we can love, and, and we're good with that. But about, I don't know, a few years in, I was in my early 30s, and one of our secretaries pulled me in. And she knew I wasn't a numbers guy, that I don't track our attendance all the time and everything that goes. That it's tracked, but it's not by me. And, and she said, hey, Pastor Derry, I thought you might want to know this, that this is the first month in our history that we've averaged over 1,000 people in attendance at our church. And I was like, wow, 
that's kind of scary because that's a lot of people. You know, we had multiple service, so it didn't feel like that. And at that time, there weren't very many churches in America that had 1,000 people in attendance. So I went back to my office a little overwhelmed, and, and I sat down, and I, I literally had a moment when I went, God, I, don't, I can't pastor a church of 1,000 people. There's no way. I'm not equipped. I, I don't have the training. I don't have any experience. We're just, we're just, um, it's amazing that you've let me just kind of do my dream. I feel like, I feel like, and it was really emotional for me. I literally prayed, Lord, I'm supposed to leave. I'm going to go take a smaller church because I feel like now I have the tools in my bag to maybe help a church grow. And so I, I need to plan my resignation. And it just happened all so fast. And I literally prayed. I said, God, thank you for journeying with me while I've completely fulfilled my dream. I can't believe it's happened. And boom. It's one of those times it wasn't audible, but it was God talking to me. And it was so powerful, I actually wrote it word for word on a yellow pad that was right in front of me on my desk. And I, it's, it's this, Northrop, and that's always a clue for me. <laughs> Northrop. Sorry, this is super emotional for me. I have journeyed with you while you have fulfilled your dream. Now will you journey with me while I fulfill mine? It wrecked me. I turned around in my chair and got on my knees and started sobbing. And I said, God, I will never, I will never try to have my dream in this church again. Here's the pen. I didn't say that, but I said, this is your dream, church. And he will take you way beyond what your dream can ever be if you give him the pin. But you've got to give him the pin. Number two, keep seeking. Don't stop seeking him. Verse 16, who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. So you seek him, you trust him. He reveals these things to you. Number three, obey without rushing. You know, that moment at the lake when he says, stop, take a break, let's enjoy each other. Let's just, let's just not have to do anything today. Let's be together. Let's, let's have authentic relationship. Number four, let others help you. It's lonely out there when you don't let other people in your life. I know, but you don't know how I've been hurt. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know how people disappointed me. Well, welcome, welcome to the rest of the world. If you give God the pin and you trust him, he will bring relationships into your life that can take you to a whole other level in the dream that he has for your life. I would have never dreamed, never, early on, that one afternoon, Jeff Lucas would call me after he had been coming every other year to speak at our church, maybe for 10 years. This is 20, almost 20 years ago now. And say, hey, we're in Denver, we have a day can we come up and have coffee? Are you guys around? Bonnie and I were like, yeah, let's meet. So we met. On the way to coffee, I say to Bonnie, I don't know what's going on in me, but my spirit is churning. And I feel like Jeff and Kay should be here more on a regular basis. I feel like he's a part of the DNA of our church. And, and that's impossible. He lives in England. There's no way we could make this work. Never say no way it can work. Well, little did I know, on the way up to Fort Collins, Jeff says to Kay, I don't know what's going on in my heart, but I feel like we're supposed to be partners with Derry and Bonnie. I feel like we're supposed to be part of this DNA. And, 
And it just feels like, but I can't say that to him. I'm not going to invite myself. And by the way, Jeff is like, he's like, he's like in the top five wanted speakers in all of the UK and 25 books. And he's just brilliant and all this stuff. I just never would have dreamed. We sit down for coffee and I say, this is random, Jeff, really random. But is it possible that you guys would consider being a part of coming here more full time and being a part of our, and he starts crying. He's more of a baby than me. And, and Kay starts crying, and, and she, he looks at her like something, like there's a mystery, and all of a sudden he's going, you won't believe what I said to her on the way up here. And, and I said, I just said this to Bonnie on the way up here. Maybe there's a God. <laughs> Dick Foth, really? Dick and Ruth? I mean, are you kidding? 35 years he's mentored me. And when, when, I, when I went to D.C. with him and I said, Dick, I, you're so hooked in here. He's, he's got, I mean, he's the pastor to the highest people in the land. And he said, I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm drawn toward Fort Collins and, and you and what's happening at Timberline and the community. And I said, are you serious? Would you consider coming? Yeah. Here they are. I, w- I couldn't have dreamed that up. And I could go on and on with the Scott Kissels, Bob Seals, our staff, our pastor. I could go on and on. Why? Because when you give God the pin, he has a plan, and he has the people and the dollars to make it happen. Let's pray. Lord, this is powerful. We want to give you the pin as a church. We want to draw the stuff that you're putting in our hearts to draw. And we don't want to be held back by thinking little things. But we want you to challenge us toward the things that you're drawing on the board. Help us to see it and identify it and chase it. And show us when to stop and sit at the lake with you. To just be still. To know that you are God. With heads bowed in here and in the south as well, just you guys, symbolically, if you need to give God the pen, I'm going to ask you in a moment. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to just kind of move your hand. Act like you're holding a pen. And, and move it from your chest out toward like you're handing it to somebody, meaning God, in a minute. You say, well, I've already done that. Have you really? Think about it right now. It's in your relationship, your finances, the stuff going on in your life. We could probably do this every day. I have stuff I can do this with right now. But let it be genuine. Let it be real when you hand him the pen and you're saying, you're going to draw for a while, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch for a while, and I'm going to do what you put on the board. Ready? One, two, three. Hand him the pen. God, we give you the dreams in our heart. And you are trustworthy to let us have your dream in our heart forever. We chase it in the will of God and the plan of God. We trust you. Lord, I finally, I just pray for folks in that journey seeking the will of God. Guide them. Let them hear your voice. Let them know that their spirit can discern your plan and your future and give us patience to endure through the hardships as you build us into the people of God to be more like your son in Jesus name amen amen